we're going to invite up Pastor Gordon Moore to come share the Word of God. This is my favorite part of the service, the Word of God. And for those of you who don't know Pastor Gordon and Joe, they have, uh, they, Jeremy would say they are most famously known as his parents. <laughs> Correct. Uh, but Pastor Joe and Gordon are amazing man and woman of God. They've been coming to our church years. And every time they come, they absolutely pour out their heart. And each time, uh, we have been so blessed. Uh, they are an amazing. Pastor Gordon uh, is just, his depth and understanding of the word is absolutely amazing. So I would love for us to stand to our feet this morning and let's give a big C3 powerhouse welcome to Pastor Gordon. Great. Thank you, Pastor Josh. And uh, just so good to be here today with you. Um, last year or so, uh, Joe and I uh, probably been at home the longest ever. <laughs> I can't believe it. And when COVID first hit, we actually was in Holland preaching. And um, it was amazing. Everything started shutting down around us and... Um, it was like, man, what are we going to do? And I've got family, of course, in Scotland. I said to Joe, if things get real bad, we're heading for the highlands. We're heading for the hills, man. So I rang my cousin in the highlands of Scotland. I said, have you got a spare room? <laughs> Knowing she did. And she said, oh, I'd love to, Gordon. But she says, you can't do it. I says, why can't I do it? She says, we're in lockdown if you come to Scotland, they'll shut you up, not for two weeks, but I think it was four weeks, and et cetera, et cetera. But you know, we managed, by the grace of God, we got a flight out, one of the last flights out of Holland. The airport was just crowded with aeroplanes. I've never seen so many planes in an airport, and we flew out and we got home. But hey, we're safe. Who's safe? You're safe? You're feeling good? It's awesome, awesome, and uh, so good. Thanks to Pastor John and Danielle for inviting me back. I always get surprised when I get invited back. It's amazing. And uh, we must have done all right last time, but it's great and good to see you and so many people in the presence of God. Just absolutely brilliant. So what I thought I'd do this morning is I'll do my own thing. Is that okay? I'll just do what God gets me to do. So what we're going to do is I'd like to pray for some people. And then we might preach a bit, and then we might pray for some more people. And if we can do that in about 40 minutes, who, who's believing God? Well, I can do that. We can do that. It's awesome. So while we're just here in the presence of God, and you can just really feel the power of God here, I'd like to pray for several people in particular, but then we'll pray for other things as well. But as I was preparing for the meeting and God just shows me people and conditions. I want to pray for them. So I'd like to pray for somebody. This, this is not funny, okay? But what happened was you've hit your funny bone, um, but you really hit it, and it's upset the nerves around the funny bone. It hasn't calmed down, and I'd like to pray for you. So there's tingling there. There's pain, especially at night when you go to bed. I'd also like to pray for somebody well, it's actually two people. I want to pray for an older person and you have been suffering from tears like hernias around your lower stomach. 
And I like to pray for a young person and you've actually got this on the left-hand side. And what's unusual is you're young and you get tears in the tummy and problems there. Um, I also want to pray for people this morning, and this is not a word of knowledge, but it's just an experiential thing. I've found over recent years, I've seen so many people healed for what I call them chemical imbalance. And I want to pray for you this morning. And that could be low thyroid, high thyroid. It can be low blood count, iron. Um, I've discovered there are people that actually have high iron. And it is really dangerous for your heart. And we've prayed for a number of people with this condition and seen them get healed. And I think that's enough to start with, do you think? Hands up those that have any of those conditions. Just raise your hands. Yeah, look at that. It's amazing. Isn't that what amazes me? Hands up those that have one of these uh, chemical imbalance problems. You have, and you can be male, you can be female, young or old. People that have chemical imbalance. If you have any other condition, I would like invite you to come forward and we're going to believe God. Can you do that? And we're going to believe God for a miracle. So just get out of your seat, social distancing and all that, but just come forward to the altar of God because this is the altar of God. And, and right here, you see, see in the old covenant, the altar, it was a symbolic thing. It was actually, it was built like an ark. Uh, many churches of traditions have altars that are actually built and you actually are not allowed to touch it. You're not allowed to come near it. I'm, I might be allowed, right? Thank God for the Pentecostal movement in a church like this, where the altar isn't a symbol, it's a place. And this place is here. As a matter of fact, the altar is all of us. It's in our heart, the altar of our heart. But also in a church like this, this becomes the actual altar where you can encounter the healing grace and saving grace of God. It's amazing, isn't it? So what I want you to do in the... We just turn this into a prayer meeting. Is that okay? I'll ask everybody just to place the hand, hand on your heart and raise your other hand to the Lord. And let's pray, church, shall we? But I want to say this to you on the altar call this morning. If you're trying to get healed, don't. Stop it. You can't heal yourself, right? Only Jesus can heal. I can't heal you. You can't heal you. And somehow in the Christian world, we get caught up in this thing where we're trying to get healed. I've found that's fruitless. We've got to rest our faith in the completed work of Christ. Jesus doesn't ask us to get healed. He asks us to believe in his healing power. Oh, bam. Isn't that a relief? Some of you right now in the altar call, you're feeling relief right now, okay? Don't try to get healed. Believe now in faith. That's how it happens. I'm going to pray. Shall we pray right now? Lord Jesus, you said you sent your word and you healed them. Every condition in this altar call, we command healing in the name of Jesus to flow in every body. Right now, in the name of Jesus, touch them. Let the power of God come. Power of God. 
touching them, Lord, healing them. Oh my God, touch them in the name of Jesus. Touch them right now. Let the healing power of God come. Everything going, gone. In the name of Jesus, the power of God's here. I can feel the power of God. Thank you, Jesus. Touch my friend, Lord. Marshall, touch him, Father. Let the power of God touch his body. Healing power of God. Thank you, Jesus. Let the power of God come upon her. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, listen to me. When you go to sit down, I want you to do one thing, and I don't want you to do another thing. I want you to go and rest in faith. As you sit down, just thank Him in your heart. As you hear the Word of God preach, just say, thank you, Lord. You're gonna, you've healed me. Now leave the timing up to Him, okay? Some of you will be healed now, and you'll feel it. Some will be healed in the seat. Some will be healed tonight. Some might be healed next week. That's not our job. Our job is to rest in faith. Amen? Is this helping anybody? And the, the other thing I don't want you to do is when you sit down, don't check it out. Don't go, did that work? Just leave the results to God, okay? Have a guess what will happen. Anxiety in some of you is going to go like this. It's going to plummet. Because some of you have got anxiety about these things. When you're in faith, you enter His rest. He does the rest, and you get the rest. Amen. Does that sound good, sir? Come on. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap offering, shall we? He's awesome. Amen. You may be seated. Fantastic. Thank you, band. That's awesome. Well, what a privilege, man, to speak about the Word of God, to talk about the Word of God. That's going to be awesome. But before I do, let's just share some of the books I bought with me. I've been busy while COVID's been on. Every cloud has a silver lining, right? You'll be aware of some of these books that I've written. Yes, Holy Spirit. Um, Ascent. That's like a prayer book that you can pray through each chapter, through the 15 Psalms of Ascent. Uh, This one, Tell Your Story. Um, I loved how that story this morning was so good, what this book's about. You say what your life was like before Christ, then you say what happened when you received Christ, and then you finish what it's like living for Christ. She did exactly that. She must have read my book. It's awesome. And then I I did this book early last year called Take Someone With You. This is a leadership book for everybody. You notice I didn't call it a leadership book because I find the moment you say leadership, most people in this room say, I'm not a leader. But here's the point. We're all leaders. People that lead up the front aren't the only leaders. And I talk about that in that book. That is good. And then this book is my latest one. God of Miracles. Look at that. Do you know what that picture is? Can you see it? It might come up on the screen after. Um, This is actually a picture or image of the core of the nearby spiral galaxy M51. Amazing, isn't it? There it is, look. It's a bit fuzzy because it's uh, light years away. So it's not in our galaxy. 
It's in a neighboring galaxy. I just wanted to get your head around this because we're going to talk about the Word of God. You ready? It's 1,100 light years across. Let me say that again. It's 1,100 years across. What does that mean? Well, to travel, if you traveled across this star, if you like, or cross, at five miles a second, which is the speed of a space shuttle in space, it would take 37,000 years to travel one light year. That's 37,000 times 1,100, which equals 40.9 million years to travel across this cross. Are you getting the picture? Your head's probably going, no, not, com- not completely. What's the point? Here we see the miraculous, redemptive cross signature of God displayed in the universe. Why did he put it there? Why is there a cross at the core of our neighbouring galaxy? Maybe God knew that we would get there eventually and have a look at it, and he would go, see, well, I made this. Amazing, isn't it? Maybe we could look at it this way. Could it be that if God is this big, he could fix my problem? That's the wonder of God and his word. He is so big, so vast, our minds can't comprehend it. And it's almost like God has created stars and galaxies and universes, they say, far beyond our galaxy or universe. And the big question we say is, is there life on them? Well, there could be. But this is how I think. I don't think there has to be life on it. God just does it because he always does things that are big and profound. And he's just saying, so will you believe in me? Amazing. Amazing, isn't it? I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you've got them, to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We're going to talk about the Word of God. The Word of God. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the point of dividing soul from spirit and the joints of the marrow. It is able to judge the desires and thoughts of the heart. So how does God speak to us? How does God communicate with us? That's an interesting question, isn't it? In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. God, having spoken in the past to the fathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, has in these last days or at the end of these days spoken to us by his Son. Some translations say in his Son. Other translations say through his Son. So God has spoken in many ways and on many occasions 
through the history of human kind until the present day, but in the last days, he's spoken to us in Christ. Amazing, isn't it? Hebrews 2.4, God also testifying, that is bearing witness with them, both with signs and wonders and various works of power and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his will. Then what happened is Jesus was resurrected and he sent the apostles to continue to do what he had begun. And they began to write, inspired by God, like the Old Testament authors, like Moses and Isaiah and all these great prophets, Daniel. And so we ended up with the New Testament. And God began to speak to us through the written word. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. I love Psalm 119, 105. It says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What, what does that mean? Well, it means that the word of God is a lamp to my feet, or if you like, a torch, so I can see my individual specific days that I take. But the Word of God is also a light under my path. It's, it's, it's like a uh, spotlight that will guide me in my general choices and my direction and the course that I should live. So the Word of God, as I read it, it's showing me where I ought to go in my future, but it's also showing me how I can decide today to please Him. Isn't that amazing? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto our path. The Bible therefore says and teaches that we should store up God's Word in our heart. And so the title of my message is The Word at Work in You. It's living, it's powerful. But we need to understand that we have to have the Word of God as center in our lives. As center in our lives. So how about if you all hand up, hold up your hand. We'll do a little thing. Hold up your hand like that. You got your fingers ready? Start with your thumb. You ready? We need to read it. We need to meditate on it. We need to listen to it. We need to study it. And we need to do it. Notice it doesn't say anywhere there where to memorize it. I had a friend years ago, and he was in a sort of church group, and they memorized the Bible. And he said to me one day, I have memorized 575, I think it was, scriptures. I didn't want to be unkind to my friend, but even though his head was full of scripture, I couldn't quite see it in his life. He wasn't very happy. He was a very unhappy Christian because you're so full of the Word. My pastor used to say this, if you have too much of the Word, you'll dry up. If you have too much of the Spirit, you'll blow up. But if you have a balance of the Word and the Spirit, you'll grow up. And so what we find, we can be Christians that are so Word-orientated that it becomes a law and it becomes an Old Testament style of faith 
Or we can be space cadets that has no regard to principles of the Bible and we're chasing miracles and signs and weird things and we're, we're just, we're weird. But the Bible says be filled with the Word and be filled with the Spirit and you will overflow with a life that's full of good things. Amen. Do you believe it? It's so good. This is the concept that I love in the Latin Centrale Scriptura. Centrale Scriptura. What does it mean? Centrality of the Bible, the Scriptures. The Bible needs to be center. So we can have it out here as a doctrinal book. Or we can have it on our mind. Or we can have it as on the path and we're obeying everything the Bible says. But you know, I love this concept. Centrally. Keep it close to your heart. Keep the Word of God center in your life. Reading it. Meditating on it day and night. I've heard that somewhere before. Listening to it studying it and doing it. And the Bible says, whatever you do will prosper because the Word is at work in you. Now then came the Reformation and the Reformation, I believe, swung away from this concept. So remember God spoke through to the fathers through prophets, signs and wonders and then in Jesus and then through the Bible they brought in a concept called sola scriptura, which is Latin to mean only the scriptures. So what happened in the Reformation movement was they said God only speaks today through the Bible. No healing, no signs, no prophecies, nothing. Sola scriptura. Sola scriptura. Interesting, isn't it? You know, the Reformed and Evangelical churches today still believe this. And even though some might have had visions or had a dream, they tend to be sceptical. They tend to more lean toward the Bible. That's why Christians want to find everything in the Bible. But have a guess, you can't find everything in the Bible because the Bible wasn't supposed to have everything in it. Look how thick my New Testament is. We need to be guided in other ways too. And that's how God leads us. The Anglican and Methodists actually are similar to Centrale. They came later in a revival in the 1800s. They brought out the concept prima scriptura. In other words, the scripture is primary. In other words, all other forms of guidance is subject to the Scriptures because the Scripture is prima or prime or the most important. It's similar to centrale. So these other ways that God leads, what are they? General revelation and creation. I've just shown you one. I mean, you look at that and there's a cross 1,100, miles, <laughs> 1100 light years across. And you go there and there it is, God. The Bible says, go to the ant. Look at ants and you'll see God. 
but to the darkened heart, to the blinded eye of an unbelieving person, they can't see God. But when we begin to be illuminated and our hearts are made alive by the Holy Spirit and His Word, we begin to see God everywhere. I can see God in the ocean. I can see God in the forest. I can see God in you. I can see God in an ant. Because His glory is displayed. Traditions. I was brought up in a background that rejected traditions initially because we found there were so many traditions that let's just say, hampered God doing things. But actually, traditions can be important. Like in this church, you have a tradition of coming to church on Sunday. That's actually a good tradition. You have a prayer meeting. It's a good tradition to go to the prayer meeting. So I don't go, oh God, I just need guidance today if you could send Gabriel to me. Should I go to church? today. This is what some Christians pray. Which church should I go to? That's like saying, where will I have breakfast this morning? I know what. I'm just going to rock up to Josh's house and eat with him. Just knock on the door at half past seven. Hi, I've come for breakfast. And I just get led by the Spirit. No, traditions are good, right? Charismatic gifts, prophecy, word of knowledge, etc. Preaching, angelic visitations, conscience. Listen to our conscience. God can speak to us through our conscience. Common sense. God gave us a brain. You know, like the the devil said to Jesus, throw yourself from the building and God will save you. Well, you didn't even have to read the Bible to know that's dumb. Because there's a thing called gravity. Gravity, right? So, so I don't jump off a building to prove my faith. That's common sense. Common sense is no. And God has given us common sense. The views of experts, pastors and leaders, and men and women of God that have lived through Christian experiences, their opinion can help. The spirit of the times, we're looking at what's happening around us. God can speak to us. Man, if, if we're not looking right now at what's happening around us, we're going to be in trouble, right? Centrali Scriptura. The Bible trumps everything. All other guidance, voices, feelings, traditions, prophecy. But all the others, God can speak to us. But we use the Bible like a yardstick. Does this measure up with God's Word? So how can you do that? Well, if you're reading it, meditating on it, studying it and delighting in it and doing it, I find 99% of my decisions are already easy. I don't even need to pray about it. I just, I just know by sanctified choice, this is what I ought to do. Then I look back and I see the hand of God. Wow. But some of the bigger decisions, some other decisions that's not clear, then maybe I need prayer, maybe I need to talk to a leader. But the Word is at work in you, my friends. It's doing an incredible work in you. Oh, I love it. I love this saying. I'm not moved by what I see, hear, think, or feel. I'm moved by God's Word. That's what moves me. Because it's at work in me. 
and it's growing in me. Whoo, isn't that awesome? You know, the Lord's Prayer is actually not Matthew 6. That's the disciples' prayer. Traditionally, people say it's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's not Jesus' prayer at all. That's the prayer he gave disciples when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So what's the Lord's Prayer? It's actually John 17. And in John 17, as he prays to the Father and he's getting ready to be crucified, he knows the end is coming. He prays this long prayer. It's actually worth reading. There are actually five things that he gave his disciples. He gave them eternal life. He gave them the name of the Father. He gave them joy. He gave them the glory of God. And it says, I have given them your word. This Bible that you hold has been faithfully restored and protected by God. It's been burnt. It's been banned. Whole countries like communist China banned this book. There are more Christians today in China than ever before in history and any time in, in China's history. Isn't that amazing? So you can ban the written word, but you've got to understand God isn't just confined to the written copy of a Bible because His word is alive and powerful. And God is still speaking. And God, you've got to remember that most of the patriarchs that God visited were pagan. Abraham was a pagan. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have church. But God visited him. Jacob was the pastor's kid, backslidden real bad. And God met him in a dream. Remember Genesis 28. No Bible, no church, no pastor, no evangelist. So we've got to have faith that the Bible is more than words contained in these pages. The Word of God is alive and powerful. Can you see that once you get that stuff inside of you, it's going to work incredible miracles? So what did he say? Look what it says. He said, I've given them your Word and the world has hated them. Don't be surprised that people misunderstand or even hate you because you have the Word. Because the Word of God divides. You've, you've got to understand this. We read it in, to begin with. It's alive and powerful, dividing spirit and soul and body and marrow. The moment this Word enters our life and brings light, it begins to divide stuff in us. It divides sin from holiness. It divides our attitudes. It begins to discern our thoughts and our motives, it says. It's dangerous. He said, I've given them your word and the world has hated them. And he says, your word, he said, sanctify them through your word. So the word sanctify doesn't mean sanctimonious. Do you know the sanctimonious Christian is? They're always quoting the Bible at you. They're always trying to correct you when you did something wrong. And they can even get a sort of a walk with the head slight to the side. And they're so humble. That's sanctimonious. Sanctified is totally different. The word sanctified means to set apart. I, I've got a four-wheel drive. You know, four-wheel drives in Australia are the most common car. Did you realize that? 
It's, it's huge. The four-wheel drive market here is incredible. They say over 90% never go off-road. <laughs> and you can see them. You can tell because they've got all the gadgets and they're all clean, but they've never gone off-road. That truck was designed to go off-road. You were designed by God, filled with the Word and the Spirit to go off-road. Off course. Not following the course of this world. To be different. To be set apart or sanctified. So instead of just doing what others do, how others think and others speak, now you're set aside and the Word begins to work in us and begins, whoa, it begins to create a new life. We speak different, we think different, we act different. Why? Because it's the Word of God alive in us. And he says, sanctify them through your word. Your word is truth. God's word makes us different. We are called to be different and we are called to make a difference. And I get nervous and I'm into it. We need to be relevant. We need to be able to communicate with the world. But don't get fuzzy in your thinking that I've just got to be like the world to win them. You can't win someone if you like them. The only way we can win people is to be really different, full of faith, full of confidence, sanctified, ready to serve God, whatever He wants me to do, or go wherever He wants me to go. 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with open face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. The word mirror, if you go to James, is a picture of the Bible. Did you know the Bible's a mirror? It's a fire, it's a rock, it's an arrow. But here he says it's a mirror. Now I looked in the mirror this morning. And you look in the mirror for two reasons. Come on ladies, am I helping anybody here today? Ladies really know what this means because I guarantee they've got one in their purse as well. <laughs> Won't go there. Two reasons you look at a mirror. What's wrong? We look in the mirror, what's wrong, right? But we also look in the mirror for what's right. Ladies, did you do this today? Most men didn't. You look in the mirror to see what's wrong. Do you hear everything? Then you get all dressed and you have a final look. Ready to go. The Bible's a mirror. When we read it, we see what's wrong. Well, that's not a good attitude. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't be like that. Listen, friend, don't just go to the Bible to see what's wrong. Read the Bible to see what's right. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm blessed. God's faithful. I'm going to get through this. God's on my side. Oh, man. And you're looking in the mirror. That's me. When you read a scripture, put your name in it. 
For we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved me. Yes, read it. That's the literal word. But you, you are entitled as a son of God, a daughter of God to say, Gordon, more is more than a conqueror through Christ who loved him. Gordon can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Jeremy can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. You see, you put your name in it. Personalize the word because it's at work in you. Jesus said, I've given them your word. God has given you his word. You can trust it. You can believe in it. And it's at work powerfully. Oh, man. And so we're being changed as we read it, as we look into the Bible. We see what's wrong, correct it. See what's right, live it. Isn't that amazing? The mirror of God's Word. We make a difference for God in this world in direct proportion to our relationship with the Word of God. Let me say it. It's a big statement. We make a difference in this world in direct proportion to our relationship with the Word of God. It's manna. It'll feed the hungriest soul. It's water that will cleanse and refresh the driest, parched heart. It's a hammer that will crack the hardest rock heart. It's oil. The Word of God. The Word of God is at work in you and me, brothers and sisters, dear friends. And so in Philippians, let me finish with the Scripture, Paul encourages the Philippians. Therefore, he says, be blameless and harmless, the sons and daughters of God without rebuke, in the midst or the middle of a crooked and a perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the Word of God. You know what it means? Offering it. Now the words that work in me I now can hold it forth. I can now offer it to you. Would you like it? Look what it's done in me. We heard the testimony of this young woman tonight, how she came. Why? Because she wanted to or it was her idea. No, a friend invited her who had been so dramatically transformed by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. She said, I'm going to give it a go. Holding forth. That's what we do now. We hold forth. That doesn't mean we quote Bible at people. We're holding forth the living, active Word of God in us. And we're offering it to people. Sam, would you like it? You can have what I've got because our God is alive and powerful. We are offering the Word of God to the whole world. Whew, what a privilege. The Word is now not only at work in me, it's at work through me. I want to ask you a question this morning. Maybe you're in this service and you've actually never said yes to Jesus. You've actually never experienced this eternal life. Or maybe you have and the Word of God has become like a book of rules. And when it becomes like that, have a guess what we start doing? we start forgetting and we stop reading it. And then we drift, drift, drift. This morning, 
Why don't you come back and get your anchor firmly fixed in the Lord Jesus Christ? That His Word will begin to work in you, alive and powerful, and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and able to walk this magnificent new life that Christ has for you. I wonder if everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes. If you're in this meeting this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus and you'd like to, in a few moments I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say yes. Or maybe you've drifted away and you find yourself this morning not quite there with Christ. Today you want to come back. If you'd like to do that, why don't you raise your hand up right where you are. Let me see your hand. Say, yes, Gordon, that's me. I'm coming for the first time. I'm coming back. Raise it up. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Say, yes, Lord, today. I want to say yes to Jesus for the first time. I want to come back. I'm looking across from my right through the congregation. Is there anybody? Just raise it up boldly. Don't let this moment slip by. Say, yes, Lord, I'm coming back. I'm saying, yes, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand together in the presence of God, shall we? Well, it's been wonderful being with you. Got a new hunger for the Word of God? You're hungry to the Word of God? Huh? Let's hold our hand up. Say this after me. I'm going to read it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to study it. And I'm going to do it. The Word at work in you. Father, I pray for this congregation. I pray, Lord, that they will be so filled with your living Word. Change will happen. Power will come. Your Holy Spirit will move upon them and do marvelous things. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big crap offering. Thank you. Bro.